today we celebrate this great feast in honor of the Immaculate Conception of our Blessed Mother, the fact that she herself, in the plan of God, was preserved from the stain of original sin. Pius IX, commonly referred to as Pio Nono, of happy memory, solemnly defined for us this, this truth of our faith. And when he defined this in 1854, Bishop, Archbishop, St. John Newman from Philadelphia, who would later become the saint, uh, held the book for Pius IX when he solemnly declared this definition to the church. And you would think, oh, wasn't that nice? He got to hold the book. He must be really special. Well, the reality is, he was the shortest bishop around, and so therefore, he got to hold the book. And so therefore, that in and of itself is significant. It is significant in what we recognize and we celebrate in our Blessed Mother, that Mary, in her lowliness, Mary, in her humility, depends upon God himself for everything. That is the grace that comes from being, uh, being born without original sin. One of, the, one of the wounds of original sin is self-dependence, is thinking we can do it all on our own without God. You know, the question that should, we should ask ourselves as we hear the first reading from the book of Genesis is, uh, and it's a very, very, very obvious question, how is, now English translates it into serpent, but the Hebrew word is not serpent. I don't know where they got, they don't know where they got the serpent from. In the Hebrew word, the word is dragon. So this isn't a snake roaming around. The punishment to the dragon, notice what is the punishment? That because you have done this, you shall be banned from all animals and from all creatures, and on your belly you shall crawl. That's what serpents do. They crawl on their belly, which indicates prior to this punishment, they had legs to stand on. So the Hebrew word is a much severe word, a greater word, or a dragon. So the question is, how did this beast get into the garden? Did you ever ask yourself that question? I mean, Adam and Eve are in this garden, this paradise. Adam is, given, uh, Adam is given jurisdiction, if you will, over the garden. He, is, he named all the animals. So how did this dragon, this, this evil beast, get into the garden? Someone dropped their guard. And it wasn't, our blessed, it wasn't Eve, the mother of all the living. It was Adam. It was Adam who was given authority over the garden, who was given the sole obligation to be fruitful, to multiply, to protect, to provide for. And he did not do what he was supposed to be doing. I don't know, maybe he was on the couch watching a football game. Maybe he was, who knows what he was doing, having a beer somewhere, in the man cave maybe. Who knows where he was? But he wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. And so this beast comes in and tempts and, 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 divine, and uh, deceives his wife. 
So the book, so the book of Genesis, this account of Genesis is not just about the first sin that enters creation. It is about the duty of the man of the household. Something which in our modern society and culture has devolved. Something in which has been seen as wrong in modern culture and society. It doesn't make the man better than the woman, which is how it is often conceived. It makes the man what he is supposed to be in the eyes and the sight of God as he was created. Protector, provider. For the woman who is going to bear his children. And so we see in our Blessed Mother this dependence on the Lord. And we don't, we, we, how can Mary be born without sin? Jesus comes to redeem us, to save us, to give us a life of grace. So how does Mary get it? Mary gets it before the rest of us. How does this happen? Well, again, we have to understand the mystery of God. And we, in our human, in our human weakness, and our human intellectual inability to conceptualize God in his majesty, have to enter into the mystery of the timelessness of God. God is outside of time. God does not go by a 24-hour clock. That's us, and that's us and his creatures who he created. God is not bound by the sun or the moon. God is not bound by light or darkness. God is outside of time. God is the author of time, if you will. And so therefore, the fruits and the merits of Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection in time is applied to our Blessed Mother. So, and this is just like the marvel, this is where you need the duct tape to wrap your head up because it will explode. Because here you have the mother who is going to give birth to the son who's going to save us, who has already been saved by the son who she's giving birth to. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that something to reflect upon and to meditate upon? If you can't sleep at night, just think of that. Ten minutes, you're out cold. That's a cure for insomnia. And that leads us, in conclusion, to the second reading from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Now, if you've been in the parish for the time that I've been your pastor, I have given this as a homework assignment, and I will redo it for all you newcomers, or maybe you who have not been faithful to your homework. This passage, at least the first verse of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, should be memorized by all of us. It should be memorized in something that we recite every single day. Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has bestowed on us in Christ every spiritual blessing in the heavens. Every spiritual blessing in the heavens. Not a half, not a quarter, not three-fourths, but he has given every spiritual blessing in the heavens. And what is this every spiritual blessing in the heavens that he has given to us? He has restored to us in Christ the, his divine life of grace within us. When our first parents sinned and disobeyed and allowed the sin, which we call original sin, to enter into the cosmos, 
Adam and Eve were thrown out of the garden as part of their punishment. And being thrown out of the, part of the garden, they were thrown out of the presence of God, if you will, and the intimacy that they had in his presence. Notice that in the, in the book of Genesis, Adam says, he heard the Lord in the garden, and he hid from him. So the relationship of our first parents with God is very different than what it is with you and me. Our first parents knew intimately the God of the universe. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, they knew when he was present to them. Sin has caused in us this veil of, a dar of darkness. It has clouded our intellectual ability to truly enter into fully, fully the mystery of God. But in Christ Jesus, God restores to us a foreshadowing of the redemption of the universe through the life of grace. So that God is no longer absent from us or apart from us, but God through baptism dwells within us. And so therefore, like our Blessed Mother, we can echo, blessed that I am the, I am the handmaid of the Lord. The Lord we possess within us. Through Mary's cooperation with God's grace, through Mary's willingness to say yes, not only did she receive within her womb the divine child, Jesus Christ, but through her yes, you and I, through baptism, have the ability to share in the divine life of God. Sharing in the very divine life of God is every spiritual blessing in the heavens. We possess God himself within us. And yet, sadly, if we're honest, we want more. We think we deserve more than what he has already given to us. How can that be? What more can God give to us than his very self, his very divine life? And to concretize what he's doing, he comes to us in a few minutes when heaven comes down to earth and he allows us to receive him his body, blood, soul, and divinity, so that we can truly be mindful of his unity with us, of his presence with us. Mary is unique and was chosen among all of humanity and of all women to be the mother of God. But through her humility, through her littleness, and her acceptance of God's divine plan, you and I possess with and through her, yes, the very life of God within us. This is what we celebrate on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. It is not just a memory of what happened to Our Lady and how blessed she has been and of what a model she is to you and me, which all of that is true. But if that, if that was only the case, everything would stop at Mary. Mary, it doesn't stop at Mary, because Mary in her humility is, yes, is everything to you and me. And so we see again the humility of our Blessed Mother, that her yes affects not just herself, but it affects all of the universe by restoring in grace what our first parents lost through sin. This is what we celebrate, this is what we rejoice in, and this is why the Church gives to us this example and model of our Blessed Mother. Let us pray, therefore, through her example and through her intercession, we may draw ever closer 
to the Lord God, who created us to save us, that way we might be with him forever in eternity. Praised be Jesus Christ, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 